good to see you. We're glad you're here at Alliance. Uh, we are in the middle of this series called Destinations. And what we've been doing is we have been looking at some of the paths that we end up on in our lives. We go lots of different directions. We do lots of different things. And in our lives, we can find ourselves on many, many different paths. And so we've been looking at where those paths lead to and how we can try to navigate those paths the way that God wants us to and the way that Scripture teaches us to. And so we've been working our way through this series, and we've kind of adopted almost like a, uh, like a theme verse for this series. And it comes from Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 12. We've been looking a lot at the words of King Solomon. He, uh, he was what was called the wisest man who ever lived. And we learn a lot from his wisdom. And so he wrote this really simple sentence that we've kind of adopted. We've asked you to, to meditate on it, to think about it, to memorize it. Because any, you can apply this verse, this simple sentence, to just about any situation that we find ourselves in in our life. So let's read it again really quick. And then let's see, if how, let's see um, how much you remember. And then let's also get, like, this gets us on the same page together as we kind of get started this morning. So here's the verse. It says, the prudent see danger in what? What do they do? They take refuge, right? The prudent see danger and they take refuge. They get out of the way. When a wise person sees danger coming, they remove themselves from it. They do whatever they can to get away from that danger. Because they know what, what could happen to them. They know what could happen uh, to the people that they love. They know what could happen to different areas of their life if they don't walk away from that danger. So the prudent see danger and they take refuge. But the simple keep going and what? And suffer for it. The simple, the unwise, the not so smart. Sometimes in our lives we walk face first into danger, don't we? Whether that's willingly or unwillingly, sometimes we see it, sometimes we don't. But when we do, when we walk into danger, when we walk into those kinds of situations, we suffer for it. There are consequences to pay. There is discipline to be had whenever we find ourselves in those kinds of situations. So that simple sentence has been kind of guiding us as we go through these different ideas about um, how it is that we end up on the right path in our lives. And to help us too, we've been talking about this thing called the path principle, which basically means that our direction determines our destination, right? Our direction determines our destination. Again, apply that to any part of your life, your money, your relationships, uh, your family, your faith. Your direction determines your destination every single time. And so the first week of the series, we talked about how there is this big disconnect between our intentions and our actions. And what we mean by that is this, is that we can have the best intentions in the world. We can have the best plans that we've ever made. We can have our heart in the right place. But if our actions don't line up with our intentions, we will not end up at the destination we want to end up in. And so we talked about that. And then the second week of the series, we talked about some of the warning signs that we see whenever we're on these paths in our life and how those warning signs kind of teach us how to get around certain things or move in a different direction that's going to put us back on the right path. And then last week, 
Pastor Ron talked about um, wisdom and how, and we looked at the life of Solomon and how Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. But just because he was the wisest man who ever lived, that doesn't mean that he always made the best decisions. That doesn't mean he always made the best choices. And we can have all of the wisdom in the world. We can read every book in the world. We can get every good piece of advice that we could possibly get from the smartest people on the planet. But at the end of the day, there are going to be times in our lives when we find ourselves in situations where we simply have to trust. We have to trust something outside of ourselves. And we believe that we trust God in those situations. That God has a bigger plan. That God has something better. That maybe we can't see in the moment... And maybe we know everything we're supposed to know, but there are still going to be times where God asks us to trust him. And so we talked about that idea of trust last week. And so this week what we want to do is we want to kind of add another piece to this principle. We want to add another piece. And again, we've said this a couple of times. The stuff we're talking about here is not earth-shattering, groundbreaking, like the most intelligent things you've ever heard in your life. These are things that we know. These are things that we understand. They're, they're actually pretty simple ideas. The problem is these are things that we oftentimes overlook because we live in a very distracting world. We live in a very busy world. We live in a world that pulls us one way and another. We have this great, uh, beautiful, frustrating thing called a free will that pulls us in one direction and another. And we do all of these things, and sometimes we overlook the really simple but really powerful and big ideas. And so this path principle is one of those simple ideas. And this week, I wanna, what I want to do is I want to add something to it. I want to add something that helps us think about an area of our life that maybe we oftentimes overlook. And that, that, uh, that area is where we pay attention, where we spend our time paying attention to things. Because attention, where we pay attention, where we spend our attention, plugs into how we live this principle out. It all, it all works together. So we're going to talk about attention. Now there are, there are, we use certain words when we talk about attention, don't we? Let me start with two words. A lot of times you've heard us, you've heard people say, or you've said, oh, that person or that thing grabbed my attention. That person or that thing captured my attention, right? There have been times in your life where your attention has been captured by a person by a thing, by something, by a career, by a dream, by whatever it might be, you, you have been captured. Your attention has been captured or grabbed by different things in your life. Now, some of those things are really great things. Some of those things are awesome things. Some of those things uh, have a huge impact on our life. Because here's the principle that we're going to talk about today, is that whatever grabs our attention impacts our direction which ultimately determines our destination. So if you take that path principle and you add attention to the beginning of it, whatever, imp whatever grabs your attention impacts your direction, which then ultimately determines your destination. Whatever you pay attention to is going to determine and impact the direction of your life. Let me give you, let me give you a positive example of this. We have all had our hearts, maybe all have had our hearts captured or grabbed by somebody that we love, right? You can all think back to when you met somebody that you fell in love with and they grabbed your attention, didn't they? 
For me, it was the fall of 1999, and I feel really old now because now I'm talking literally about last century at this point. But in the fall, in the fall of 1999, I was in college, and my friend, whose name was also Mike, my friend Mike introduced me to this girl named Christine because I was too nervous or afraid to go talk to her myself. So my friend Mike, who was a mutual friend of ours, said, Mike, this is Christine. Christine, this is Mike. And then he just walked away like some kind of jerk <laughs> and left us standing there staring at each other like, uh, now what? Like, and so we started talking. And over time, Christine captured my attention. She grabbed my attention. And when she grabbed and captured my attention, what did that do? That literally changed the direction of my life, didn't it? There are literally human beings that would not be here on this earth if Christine hadn't captured my attention. My kids would not exist if my wife did not capture my attention. And that's what happens, right? There are things that happen in your life that capture your attention. They grab your attention. And those moments change the direction of your life. Some good, some bad, right? We can all think of good and bad examples of how that plays out. We've all had these moments in our life when we're walking along, when we're focused on what we want, and all of a sudden we go, whoa, what's over there? Let me go see what's over there for a few minutes. Let me go check that out. And sometimes that direction is great, and it's amazing, and it's, it's, it's God-ordained, and God's in it. And then there are other times when we say, whoa, let me go check that out. That looks interesting, and it's painful, and it hurts, and there are consequences to those decisions. Again, we can all think of the good and bad that go whenever we talk about our attention. Almost every one of us in this room can think of somebody that we've met in our lives that we wish we had never met. But for a moment, they captured your attention. For a moment, they grabbed your attention, good or bad, right? There are all things that we can probably think of in our lives that we wish we hadn't done. But in the heat of the moment, in a, in a moment of passion or emotion, that thing grabbed our attention, and it drew us in. And some of us still pay the consequences for some of those decisions and some of those actions. So attention can be good and bad, but there's all kinds of different ways that it works in our lives. Why do we do that then? Why do we go down these paths? Why do we allow ourselves, why do we allow other people and things to grab our attention? If you think about it, when something grabs or captures your attention, that thing is so powerful and so emotionally charged that it draws you in, doesn't it? It brings you in because that moment is a powerful, emotional, meaningful moment to you. And it can draw us in. And so that's why we need to remember that our attention will always impact our direction, which ultimately will determine our destination. So attention, direction, destination. That's what we want to talk about this morning. There's another set of words that we use whenever we talk about our attention. We don't talk about, we don't just talk about things um, grabbing or capturing our attention. We also talk about what? We talk about, I pay attention to something. I give my attention to something, right? And if you think about it, when you use that phrase, 
you're using it in a very different way than when something grabs your attention, aren't you? When I choose to pay attention to something, that's intentional. See, when something grabs or captures our attention, that's emotional. But when I choose, make a conscious effort to pay attention to something, that's an intentional decision that I'm making. And so there are things in your life that, you are, that are grabbing your attention. There are also things in your life that you're paying attention to. And many times, the things that we pay attention to are usually going to be healthier, more secure, and are going to lead us down the right path than the things that grab our attention. Now, there are lots of great things that can grab your attention. But if you think about some examples of how that works in your life, many times when you choose to pay attention to something— versus letting something grab your attention, you're going to want to go down the path of paying attention, right? That's the way this usually works out in our lives. And so there's a big difference between paying attention and and grabbing our attention. In your life right now, there are multiple things that are trying to grab your attention. And there are also multiple things that you are trying to pay attention to. And so there's this struggle There's this battle that goes on in our hearts and in our minds as we try to live out this idea because there are lots of things that are grabbing your attention. There are lots of things you are trying to pay pay attention to. And so we need help. We need help to understand these things and to live this stuff out well. And so that's why we turn to Scripture. And when we look in Scripture, we see time and time and time again where God talks about this idea of where we set our attention, where we give our attention, and how that impacts our direction. We could go to lots of different um, places in Scripture, and it was really hard to kind of narrow it down to one Scripture passage to look at this morning. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of work our way through a few different passages that kind of start in the Old Testament and work our way towards the New Testament. And in those passages, in those examples, we're going to see people, and we're going to see wisdom, and we're going to see experience that is going to help us as we learn how to pay attention to the right things and not let our attention be grabbed and captured by the things that don't really matter. So, to start off, we're going to start in the book of Deuteronomy. Now, I know Deuteronomy is not the most exciting book in the Bible, and many times we like to skip over the book of Deuteronomy. But the book of Deuteronomy is basically the law. It's God giving the law to the Israelites before they walk into the promised land. But there are things that can be learned from that law. Now, that, there's a lot of parts of that law that we, we don't follow today because that law was written for a specific group of people in a specific time. But there are a lot of really good principles and ideas and moral laws that are in there that still absolutely apply to us today. But in Deuteronomy chapter 7, here's what we find. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, we find Moses. And Moses is about to lead the Israelites into the promised land for the very first time. They've been, remember, they've been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years, and now they're finally about to step into the promised land that God has promised them for generations. And so here they are, about to set foot in there, but before they do, God wants to give them the law. He wants to lay, lay down some rules and regulations, not to kill their fun, not to make life miserable, but to give them guidelines to be able to live well, to be on the right path as they live out their lives in the promised land. So here's what's happening. Moses is saying, listen, when you walk into the promised land, you're going to see lots of different groups of people around you. And they're going to be living life differently than you are. 
They're going to spend their money differently. They're going to treat people differently. They're going to have a different system of government than maybe you have. They're going to do things really differently. And the temptation is going to be to say, hey, why don't we do it that way? Or why don't we start living like that? Or why don't we use our money like that? Or why don't we treat people like that? Or why don't we have a king or a queen or a princess? Why don't we have those things as part of our life? That's going to be the temptation. It's to question and wonder about that. And Moses is reminding them that this law is in place to put you on the best possible path that you can be on. So, Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 12. Here's what Moses says. He says, if you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them. Now remember, these aren't laws to kill their fun. These aren't laws to make life miserable. These are laws to put them on the best path possible. So Moses says, if you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your forefathers. So Moses is saying, listen, you're going to see all this other stuff that's trying to grab your attention in the promised land. Ignore it. You've got to pay attention to the things that God is asking us to do because that is what's going to help us succeed. That's what's going to help us to, to live the best life possible in the promised land. And basically Moses is saying, listen, if you are willing to do that, if you are willing to live out those commands, then God is going to be able to bless you so much greater than you could ever possibly bless yourself. But you have to be willing to pay attention to the things that matter, the laws and the commands that God is giving them. Here's one of the things that I, I don't know if I love it, but I can relate to when it comes to the Israelites. If you like look at the story of the Israelites and the history of the Israelites, what you'll see is this, is you will see seasons in the life of the Israelites where they are hyper-focused on God. They are hyper-focused on doing the right thing and living out God's commands. And then what happens? They say, oh, look over here. Oh, look, these people, let's, let's just make a golden calf and start worshiping that. God won't mind that at all. Or they say, oh, and they, so then they, God fixes that and corrects that. They have to pay the consequences of that. They get back on the right path, and they say, oh, look over here. Let's go start doing that. Let's go start doing this. And I can relate to that. I think a lot of you can relate to that. That we have these seasons where we feel like we're hyper-focused on God, and then all of, a some, all of a sudden something grabs our attention and pulls us in the wrong direction. And that direction ultimately determines our destination. And so we need to be focused on the right things so that God can bless us in ways that only he can and we can't bless ourselves. So we have the Israelites, and then hundreds of years later, uh, King David shows up. And we know some things about King David. King David was a very passionate man. He was a very emotional man. He was the king of, the, he was the king of Israel. There's something else we know about David, is that David was a musician. He was an artist. David wrote a lot of songs and poems, and a lot of those songs and poems ended up in the book of Psalms. They served as a, a, a song book for people to be able to worship God. And so in Psalm 119, we see David writing a song. But in this song, he talks about this same idea, this same principle, and how it applies to us. In Psalm 119, in verse 35, here's what David says. As he's singing this song to God, he says, Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. 
Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. David understood that he could go down his own path, and that might bring some pleasure or something nice or something good for a little while. But David is saying, God, direct me in the path of your commands, because it's there. It's there that I find true delight. It's there that I really come alive. It's there that I'm focused on the things that matter, on the things that make a difference, on the things that change me and change the world around me. So help me to focus. Direct me on the path of your commands, for there I find true delight. Then if we jump to verse 37, in verse 37 David says this, Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. What you're going to see is, if you study this idea of attention, when it's talked about in Scripture, a lot of times the picture of somebody's eyes is used to talk about that. Why do you think that is? Because whatever it is that we're looking at, whatever it is that we're staring at, that's what has our attention in that moment, isn't it? And so time and time again, when you look at this idea of attention, you're going to see people talking about eyes, 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 because our eyes bring attention to something in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives. So David is saying, God, help me to turn my eyes from worthless things. Because David understood that if we start focusing and looking at worthless things, our lives start moving towards worthless things. And sometimes worthless things can be disguised as good things. They're not bad things per se, but they become things that occupy us. They become things that that grab our attention in ways that they shouldn't. They become things that distract us from the things that really matter, that God really wants us to accomplish with our lives. So David says, turn my eyes from worthless things. Then the end of verse 37, he says, preserve my life according to your word. Preserve my life according to your word. See, God doesn't want us to turn and look back at the end of our lives and regret the path that we've been on. God doesn't want us to turn around at the end of our lives and wish that we had done things differently. And so David is calling out to God, God, preserve me. Preserve my life. Help me be on the right path so that when the end of my life comes, I don't turn around and look and wonder, how did I end up here? How did I end up here? That's not what God wants for us. But we have to be willing to pay attention to the things that matter to God. So let's keep going. King David has a son. King David has a son, and we all know that King David's son is named King Solomon. And we've been spending a lot of time looking at the words of Solomon as part of this series. And we know that King Solomon was a very wise man, but King Solomon was also a man that made a lot of mistakes in his life. And so we can learn from both Solomon's wisdom, and we can learn from his mistakes. And in Proverbs chapter 4, Solomon shares some, uh, an, another truth with us about what it means to pay attention to the things that matter. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 25, Solomon says this, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. There's eyes again, right? You're going to keep seeing this, eyes. Let, so he's saying, let your eyes look straight ahead. And then I love this phrase, fix your gaze. Fix your gaze directly before you. 
If, I'm, if you or I are fixing our gaze on something, that's intentional, isn't it? That's not by accident. That's not because something just ran in front of us and it grabbed our attention. If we are fixing our gaze on something, we are intentionally paying attention to that thing. And so Solomon is saying, fix your gaze. Fix your gaze directly before you. Keep on the path that God is giving you for your life. Then he goes on in verse 27. He says, do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Think about the picture of that. So we're walking down this path, and Solomon is saying, now don't swerve to the right or to the left. Don't start just kind of taking a right turn or a left turn, but keep walking straight in front of you. And there are lots of things in our lives that can cause us to swerve to the right or to the left, aren't there? Lots of things that can grab our attention. Lots of things that can make us kind of turn, whether it's quickly or slowly, in the wrong direction. And so again, we need to be aware of what it is that we are paying attention to. So do not swerve to the right or to the left. We need to be reminded not to swerve in all areas of our lives. Whether it's our relationships or our finances or our career or our faith. Those are all areas where God is asking us to stay on the path that he has marked for us. So there's King Solomon. King Solomon, uh, after King Solomon, hundreds of years later, Jesus shows up on the scene. And Jesus begins preaching and teaching about this same idea in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 6, this is what Jesus says. First, First part of this passage, he says this. The eye is the lamp of the body. There's that word eye again. The eye is the lamp of the body. What you're focused on, what you're looking at, is the lamp of the body. Now think about who Jesus is talking to here. First century people, they don't have electricity, they don't have flashlights on their phones so that when it gets dark, they can just flip a flashlight on and see what's going on in front of them. So when it got dark... For people in the first century, what did they do? They used a lantern. And they would light an oil lantern. And they would hold it out as far as they could in front of them. So they could see the ground in front of them. So they could know which way they were going. In fact, some people would actually take a lantern lantern, and they'd put it on a pole or a stick. So they could hold, hold it out even further. So they could see even further in front of them. But if you think about it, if you're holding a lantern in the dark... Your eyes, your life, your body is going to follow that light, isn't it? Wherever that light goes, that's where you're going to go. You're not going to hold the lantern out here and start walking this way, are you? You're going to hold that lantern in front of you and follow it. And so Jesus is saying the eye is the lamp of the body. The eye sets your attention, which then determines your direction which then ultimately determines your destination. Attention, direction, destination. Attention, direction, destination. So Jesus goes on, and he says this in the second part of verse 22. He says, if your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are good, Your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are focused on the right thing, it's going to impact every part of you. 
in a positive way, if your eyes are focused on what matters, if your eyes are focused on following Jesus, on living your life for him, it's going to have an impact on every part of your life. So if your eyes are good, your life will be full of light. And then in verse 23, Jesus actually says that the opposite is also true. The opposite is also true. Look at verse 23. But if your eyes are bad, your whole life will be full of darkness. If your eyes are bad, your whole life will be full of darkness. So if my, if my eyes are good, it impacts every part of my life in a positive way. If my eyes are bad, if my attention is pointed in the wrong direction, then all of a sudden I'm ending up at a destination I don't want to be at. Because attention, direction, destination, it all ties together. And it all begins with what it is that we're paying attention to. So after Jesus comes the book of Hebrews towards the end of the New Testament. And there's some debate about who wrote the book of Hebrews. So we're just going to say the author of the book of Hebrews. The author of the book of Hebrews in chapter 2, he starts talking about this same idea too. He's trying to warn a group of Christians that he sees going down the wrong path. He sees them making mistakes. He sees them making bad decisions. And he knows where that leads. And so this is what it says in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. We must pay careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. There's the first time we've seen that word drift today, right? It's a little bit different than maybe what we've been thinking. Because think about it. It's easy to start drifting somewhere, isn't it? In your life, when you make a bad decision, it's not always going to be, I'm going this way, and then I make a hard right turn, and my life totally changes in an instant. Many times in our lives, we're going to begin a slow drift. A slow drift that maybe we don't even recognize at first. Maybe we don't even see it happening at first. But over time... One decision kind of leads to another, and it's not a big deal. It's just little stuff. It's not, it's, it's not important. But then all of a sudden, we start drifting and drifting and drifting, and one day we wake up, and we're totally off course. We're totally off the path. And so the writer of Hebrews is saying, you can't let that happen. Um, so we must pay more uh, careful attention. More careful attention to what? Again, it keeps going back to God's direction for our lives, God's commands, God's, God's vision and mission for us as his people to love him, to follow him, to love others. And as we do that thing, we stop drifting. We don't notice ourselves drifting as much because our focus and our attention is on things that matter. Think about this. When you're driving down the interstate, do you sit there and drive down the interstate and stare into the other lane and watch all the cars pass you? What would happen if you did that? What would happen if you drove down the interstate and all you did was look out your driver's side window and watch all the cars pass you? Exactly. Over time, whether you want to or not, you're going to start drifting into that lane. You're going to start moving in that direction because that's where you're focused. Instead of staying in your lane and focusing on what you're supposed to be doing, you start focusing on what other people are doing. And when that happens bad things happen. And when that happens, we drift into a place we don't want to be. And so we must pay attention. We must pay careful attention to the things that God is asking us to do. Drifting away is easy. 
We've all done it. We've all done it in varying degrees, at varying times in our lives, but drifting is easy. It's tough to recognize when we are drifting and to get back on course. And to do that, we must pay attention. So here's the thing. This principle, this idea of attention, direction, destination. Let's be really honest for a minute. This is really, really, really easy to see in somebody else's life, isn't it? This is really easy to see in somebody else's life. In fact, a couple weeks ago when I spoke on the path principle, um, I had somebody come up to me after the sermon and say, wow, that was great. I wish my daughter had been here. Because they, they rec- like, it's easy to see that in somebody else's life, isn't it? It's easy to see past the moment. When that person is in the moment, it's easy for you to see, well, I know where that leads. I know where that goes, right? So this is kind of easy for us to see in other people's lives. Think about this. If you're a parent, you live in this world, don't you? I'm a parent. I live in this world. I am constantly trying to watch what my daughters are looking at, what they're watching, who they're listening to, what's going on around them, because I know that all of those things are going to impact their direction, which is ultimately going to determine their destination. And so as a parent, we're locked in with this kind of stuff when it comes to our kids. Because we know, we've lived it out, we've experienced it in our own lives, and we can see past the moment that they're in. Now, while it's easy to see this in somebody else's life, it's almost impossible to see it in the mirror. It is really, really, really challenging to see this in our own lives. Whenever we've drifted off course, whenever we've stopped paying attention to the things that matter. Because what do we do when somebody that we love, somebody that we know really well and knows us really well, comes and says something like, hey, maybe you shouldn't spend your money like that. Or maybe you shouldn't spend as much time doing that thing, that hobby that you love and it takes you away from your family. Or maybe you shouldn't, I don't know, maybe you you should change things up a little bit. So a lot of times, how do we respond to that kind of conversation? Oh, that's not a big deal. I've got it under control. No problem. This is, it's not, it's not a problem, I promise. Because it's challenging, it's difficult for us to see this in our own lives. But other people can see past the moment and see the path. And so we must be willing to take a hard look at ourselves and to to listen to the voices of those that love us, that know us well, that care about us. As part of the series, we've talked a lot about this idea of being better together. It's one of our core values here at the church. We truly believe that we are better together when we are connected with other people, when we have deep, meaningful relationships with other people that can help us see past the moment and see the path that we're on. We need each other. We also need God. We need to trust God to help us in those moments when we can't see outside of our emotion. We can't see outside of the the powerful moment that we're in. And so we need each other and we need God. So I'm going to leave you with two questions. I did this a couple of weeks ago too, and I, I just think questions help us really evaluate our own hearts, really look at our own lives, and then hopefully help us to begin to make changes to the way we're living. And so this morning we've looked at Moses, and we've looked at David, and we've looked at Solomon, and we've looked at Jesus, and we've looked at the Hebrews, and now let's look at our, let's look at our lives. 
let's take stock of where we're at. Let's take stock and, and evaluate where we stand when it comes to these types of things in our lives. So two questions. Question number one. What has captured your attention? What has captured your attention? It, again, maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. It could be a great thing. It could be a life-altering thing that God is going to bless and use in ways that you can't even imagine right now. But evaluate it. Look at it. Study it. What is it in your life? What person or what thing is capturing your attention right now? And try to remember that usually when that's going on, that's a very emotional moment, isn't it? And try to step back out of that moment for a minute and ask yourself, what is it or who is it that is capturing my attention? The second question. The second question is this. What do I need to begin paying more attention to? What do I need to begin paying more attention to? And remember, this is a question about our intention. This isn't about emotion. This is about intention. If I'm going to pay attention, if I'm going to pay attention to something, I'm intentionally making an effort to look and evaluate that thing in my life. So what is it that you need to begin paying more attention to? We can all probably think of things that we wish we had paid more attention, attention to when we were younger, don't we? I wish I had paid more attention to my health. Well, now, maybe now is a good time to begin paying attention to your health. I wish I had paid more attention to my relationships. Well, maybe now is a good time to begin paying more attention to your relationships. Because remember, hope is never lost. As difficult as it can be, as, 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 as messy as it can be at times, there is always a way off the path you're on to a new path. It takes work, it takes time, it takes commitment, but it's worth it. Some of you might think, I wish I had paid more attention to my spiritual life, to my faith. Well, maybe now is the time to begin paying more attention to your spiritual life, to your faith. And we do that in lots of different ways. We do that through, th through building relationships together, by studying scripture together. We do that by building our own personal spiritual disciplines, through prayer and through reading God's word. And when we do that, and when we feel connected to God, God begins to show us and open up the path that we're supposed to be on. But we have to pay attention. We have to pay attention. Because attention will always impact our direction, and that will ultimately determine our destination. So what is it that you need to begin paying attention to in your life? We all have things that are grabbing our attention. We all have things that we need to be paying attention to. And so this week, I hope that you'll think about those things. I hope you'll evaluate those things in your own heart and in your own life. And then my real, I, I really hope, what I really hope will happen is, it won't just stop at a thought. It won't just stop at an idea. It will become an action. That your life will literally change. Because as you begin to notice and realize and evaluate yourself, you're going to realize some things that need to change about your life as well. So don't let it just sit there at the thought level. Turn it into action. Turn it into action. Here's the thing. Here's the big idea that I think we all need to remember, is that there is a God that loves you and is personally interested in what is going on in your life. God is personally interested 
in the path that you are currently on. And he wants to provide a better way if you don't feel like that path is taking you where you want to go. I can't think of a better example of how much God cares and how much God personally wants to be involved in your life than by what he did through the person of Jesus Christ. That he sent Jesus to this earth and said, here, do you want to know how to live? Watch this. And he he sends us Jesus. He sends us God with skin on who lives this perfect life, who shows us what it looks like to love God and to love other people well. And then he doesn't just stop there. God says, listen, I know you're going to go off and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to sin and you're going to break your relationship with me and you're going to do things wrong. And, and because of that, I'm not even just going to just send Jesus to show you how to live. I'm going to offer him as a, a sacrifice so that you can be in right relationship with me. Because that's how much God cares. That's how much God loves. That's how much God wants to be personally invested in your life but we have to pay attention. We have to pay attention. Many of you have put your faith and your trust in Jesus. You've decided to follow him. You've decided you want to live your life for him. But maybe there are some of you that haven't. Maybe there are some of you that think, I don't know what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. Man, I would love to speak to you when we're done this morning. There will be people that would be down front here that would love to spend time with you this morning. And just begin that conversation of what it looks like to follow Jesus and how much Jesus wants to change your life and how much he's already proven that by what he's done for us. And so may we be people, may we be people who pay attention. And as we pay attention, may we pay attention to the things that matter, to the things that put us in the right direction that ultimately lead to the destination that God has for us. Let me pray for us. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your, for your word. I thank you for example after example after example of how we live out these ideas in our lives every single day. So God, as we begin to think about our own lives, as we begin to evaluate the things that capture our attention, as we begin to look at the things that we need to pay more attention to, God, change us change our hearts, change our thoughts, change our actions this week to reflect and look more like your son. God, I thank you that you love us and that you, you care about us on a personal level and that you want to be invested in our lives. God, I thank you for showing us that through the life of Jesus. May we live our lives in response to what you have already done for us this week. God, we love you and we praise you in your name. Amen.